You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks to everybody watching and listening on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, everybody that listens later on the podcast, everywhere podcasts are found. We thank you. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We are back today. We're starting a little bit late today, and I'll share a little bit of why that is in just a little bit. But uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about – I had a lunch today. I'm going to talk about a food that I believe is underrated. So I know we've talked food because of Thanksgiving. Well, I've kick-started the week with a lunch item that I'm convinced needs more love than it receives. So we will get into that in just a little bit. But, of course, we will talk football from the weekend. College football on Saturday, one of the best Saturdays of the year, is always Rivalry Saturday. But what about the teams that don't have a rival? How do they feel on a Monday? What if someone has a, a team without a rival, yet they got a huge win today or on Saturday? We're going to talk about it today. We'll hear from Luke in just a moment as he discusses that. Uh, also, my Carolina Panthers back in the the running for the playoffs, winning the division with four wins. You got to love it. Still alive, thanks to the Bucks blowing it against Cleveland. So now Cleveland wins. They get Deshaun Watson back. So what does that mean for Cleveland moving forward? And then how about the New York Jets yesterday winning with Mike White? I, I love this story. I, I love the backup quarterbacks, the underrated quarterbacks, the quarterbacks out of nowhere that come in and beat out and play better than the number two pick, the number one pick. Get them out of here. Bring in the underdogs. So it's, it's cool. So, uh, so I'm not necessarily a Jets guy, but I like that. And then we'll go back to Thursday, Thanksgiving game day, uh, Thanksgiving day games, which were uh, interesting, intriguing. Uh, Luke's Cowboys finally won on Thursday, beat Henry's Giants. Uh, so we'll have a little fun with that today as well. And then yesterday, there were two incredible finishes to games that came down to the final drive. And those teams scored. And then they went for two. What does that have to do with faith? What does that have to do with the Bible? We're going to discuss that today during the Unpack This Topic because it is one of my favorite topics, football-wise and faith-wise, going for two. Going for it on fourth down. I love it. So we will uh, we'll have some fun with that as well. All right. We are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. And Luke has finally had his Sugar Creek Coffee. And so I want to bring Luke on. Luke, happy Thanksgiving. How did it go? We now shift our attention to Christmas. You and I are big Christmas guys as well. <laughs> but before we fully turn the page, did you have a nice Thanksgiving? How are you? Great Thanksgiving. Oh, we were talking before the show. Thanksgiving, I think it's my new favorite holiday. Growing up, Christmas, it's magical, and the kid, all the amazing festivities. But now, 
I'm 25. Madeline, I don't have kids right now. Once we have kids, I think mag uh, the magic of Christmas will be restored. But right now, Thanksgiving, it's the best holiday. So I love it. Food and football. It's fantastic. Here's what I'm convinced of today, that now that you bring that up. I'm convinced Thanksgiving is the best holiday for adults when you don't have kids. Or even, even like teenagers or college kids. Thanksgiving is awesome. Now, I always love Christmas. But as a dad with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, Thanksgiving is not what it used to be. I can't <laughs> sit there all day and eat. I, I, it's up. It's chasing. I was sitting there enjoying the, the, the final you know, scoops of my food, and Michaela fell and got hurt somewhere. So that ended the, the, the final enjoyment of you know, those last few bites done out the window. But I'm convinced Christmas is fantastic with kids. So it's our, we were decorating the tree last night. Maddie yeah. actually likes eggnog. We're putting the, hey. the ornaments up. We're listening to Christmas music. With the kids, it's fantastic. Thanksgiving with little kids, not, not ideal. It's, it's hard. I barely – I mean, I watched the football, but I wasn't watching the football. I wasn't oh. into it. Too much shenanigans. It's fun. It's family. It's great. Yeah. But Thanksgiving's not the same as it once was. I will say that. I was glued to the couch watching football. <laughs> Everyone had the expectation. We're going to eat. We're going to watch football. There's only one infant there in, in my, my family, uh, their Thanksgiving. So one cousin has a one-year-old baby. Everyone else is, is 24 or older. So a lot of football. But yeah, Thanksgiving was nice great. Day. Got my Sugar Creek coffee in the mail. Fantastic. We got the Midnight Oil, the Dark Roast. Madeline the Dark is a, Roast. is a huge proponent of the Dark Roast. So brewed that up for church yesterday. It was fantastic. So shout out to Sugar Creek. Get your coffee. They do it well. Don't, don't, do, the, don't do the grocery store beans that are a year. They've been expired for a year. They're old. <laughs> no. Get your coffee fresh. It's the way to do it. It's not snobbery. It's fresh coffee. There you go. So sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK, and you'll save some money on your order. And, and Sugar Creek Coffee, their passion is for coffee, their love for people. It's handcrafted, small batch, artesian roasted, and, and it's delicious. So, so check it out, sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. All right, so let's, uh, let, let's begin things. We, there's so many different directions to go. You know, last night, Green Bay loses to Philadelphia. How amazing is Philadelphia? We're kind of back on that bandwagon. We got to see a little glimpse of, of Jordan Love. Is Aaron Rodgers hurt? Are they going to shut him down for the season? Wait, he actually wants to play. So we've got that story going on. Uh, I will say I'm convinced that the Chiefs played down to their opponents, but I'm still convinced the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. They're going to represent the AFC. Uh, they're awesome. So they're still great despite maybe a, a little bit of a uh, not as an uh, amazing performance yesterday. And then same with San Francisco. San Francisco struggled a little bit yesterday. Jimmy G's a little banged up. I'm still convinced San Francisco's going to the Super Bowl, and they're representing the NFC, despite the big performance last night by the Eagles and how well they ran the ball. But today, Luke, I'm going to give you kind of the, the floor first because I, I like this topic a lot. What are you convinced of as a Texas A&M fan today? Well, First thing I'm convinced of is is a lifetime of being on a roller coaster. That's first and foremost. Uh, horrendous season, but another season with a top five win at home. Here's what I'm convinced of, though. Life as a sports fan 
is way better if your team has a rival. Mm. And it, it's so clear. And you, But you take it for granted if your team has a rival. Think of the great rivalry games this year. South Carolina-Clemson. Great rivalry game. South Carolina, big win. UCF, Huge. South Florida. UCF's up 28-0. South Florida's 1-10 on the season at the time. They come storming back and almost win. The fact of the matter is, if you have a true rival, no matter how your season has gone, you have something to play for. If you've lost sure. every game that season, but you know at the end of the season you have your rival, and you win that game, it's a successful season. Texas A&M does not have a rival, and it's just such a bummer. Yeah, Texas is a rival historically, but we don't play them. We'll get him. We'll start playing them again in a couple years, and I'm sure that'll be great. People have tried to say, like when A&M beat LSU in seven overtimes, the famous call on the broadcast was, "There's your rivalry." You know what? Nope, not even close. It's not a rivalry. <laughs> no one thinks it's a rivalry. A&M LSU, yeah, fun game, but nothing really to play for. So, I just wish. My Aggies had a rival that I could look forward to playing. There's there's healthy animosity. There's a rival. Okay, this team's won two in a row. This one team's won three in a row. I don't have it, and I just I'm envious of. And we asked this question last week. What's some What's a fan base you're envious of? I'm envious of every fan base that has a rivalry game because I just don't have it. You know, I never really thought about it, but you're you're exactly right. And and I what I wonder though is. How do you how do you start with a rivalry at this point? I mean, I guess yeah. that the door opens a little bit now that you know the conferences are always changing and and you know new teams are now playing each other more often. So so it opens up the door. If you have a couple like really great games against each other, a rivalry can be born. But yeah, you can't you can't recreate the Ohio State Michigan rivalry. I mean, it's just no. that's so long, hundred years or whatever, and Auburn Alabama and UNC Duke. So. You can't get to that level, but you're right. Every team needs that that rivalry, yeah. and even if you even if you have to kind of manufacture it for a while, you got to find one because it, it you're missing out on the season uh, to to end the season without one. Because you think about all the great games on Saturday. Yeah, but you're right. There were a couple scores. It's like, wait, they're playing today. What's that? What's that all about? It's just it's just a bummer. Like, yeah. think of TCU. If they had a rivalry game as the last I game of the know. season, how great would that be to continue to try to go undefeated, but they play Iowa State? Oh, come on. I mean, yeah, what are we doing strong here? Enough. Yeah, just... Oregon, Oregon State was a great one. One of our loyal listeners, Steve, is a big Oregon State guy. Oh, He's yeah. Loving the sun He's rose on the time. Beavers. Yeah. Oh, so big, North big Carolina, North Carolina State, NC State, unranked, huge opportunity game. to beat North Carolina. I mean, there's just there's so much to play for. You just get another opportunity to end the season on a success in those bragging rights. It's it's just taken for granted, like way too much. Even Kansas, K State, and Kansas, K State's won fourteen in a row now, which is insane. But no matter what, there's something to play for in that game, and it's just amazing. Yes, no, it's it's great. My, Your App State Mountaineers have a rival. Yeah, Georgia, uh, Georgia. I don't even want to say their name because they they beat us on on Saturday night <laughs> oh. overtime. Um, it was it was not not good, not not a good way to end the season for App. That's where our and, boy Clay Helton coaches, right? That's right. So we had Clay on earlier this year, and I you know, had all my App stuff up, and it's his first year at Georgia Southern, and sure enough, they they beat App. They, they, Georgia Southern was at home, uh, but this was another topic I want to bring up today 
is how quickly things change and, and how quickly narratives can change in the course of a season. Because when we go back to September, if we listen back to the old shows, and I'm all excited about App State and this tight game against UNC, epic game, beat Texas A&M, the Hail Mary. Uh, again, <laughs> I forgot um, about that. Yeah. Boy. And all these exciting games. Well, then people probably don't even realize this, but App lost a ton of games the rest of the way, finished 6-6, six and six, a very disappointing season. College game day was at App. And so, but, but this is the case for a number of teams this year where either you started the season off slow, you finished strong. My Jayhawks, 5-0, and ranked, hosted college game day, finish 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, I, exactly. And I, I mentioned this last week on the show too, but, you know, even, even teams like, uh, you know, UNC kind of went on a roller coaster this year. Clemson went on a roller coaster to think how they, they ended uh, to lose to South Carolina and Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. So, um, it, it's just, it, it's so fascinating. We as sports fans, the journey that we go on throughout a season and, and especially, I don't know, college football, almost as, as much as any, just because how one loss also affects things so much in college football, where it ends mm-hmm. a lot of seasons, and especially, yeah. you know, that, that second loss. And then, um, you know, I hate when things really unravel, like, like they did at app. I mean, it's the craziest thing. I'm not going to get into all what now, what the fallout is, but it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, and all of you that have, you know, different teams that, that you watch throughout this year, unless you're competing for the playoff or unless you're sort of in a rebuild and you're all excited about making it to a, you know, a bigger bowl game that you haven't been in, 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 in a while. Um, or like South Carolina, they're loving life. They yeah. beat their rival. They got the big win against Tennessee. And, and that brings up another question that I have today because there are times when, I like a coach. I like a player on a team or on a program that I historically root against. And I will, I will say it. South Carolina is one of my least favorite teams and programs. And it's mainly because of one of my friends. He's a high school buddy. We're still friends, (laughs) but he went to South Carolina and he's obnoxious and he drives me nuts with his fandom. And he was annoying on Saturday night. So I always root against South Carolina. Yep. But, but I like Beamer. I like Beamer. I like, I like the story where his dad was, a, you know, the coach at Virginia Tech. And now, you know, Shane Beamer's becoming, uh, he's building a program there. And I find myself happy for him. But it's a weird feeling. And so for, for those of you listening today, you know, who's that, that coach or that player that you want to like? And maybe you even do like, but it's overshadowed. There's this black cloud over your, your uh, feelings for them. Because historically, you just I can't get there. I can't get yeah. there. Who, who, who are some of those guys for you? Well, recency bias says Dusty Baker for the Houston Astros, beloved coach. Everyone wants to see him win, but with the Astros, I just no one can find themselves rooting for them. And I think of you know Philadelphia Eagles. As a Cowboys fan, you despise the Eagles. I remember at a, a Cowboys game a handful of years ago, they're screaming. E-A-G-L-E-S. So annoying. But man, love Doug Peterson. Love Nick Foles. Love those guys. And they won a Super Bowl. And I'm happy for them. Great guys of faith, character, awesome guys to root for. But did it have to be with the Eagles? Oh, it was just this heart divided of emotions. So probably those two for me. Yeah, and then well, there's, that's a great example because I, I like those guys as well. There, there's also the players that you just you end up never liking because they were on a team that you despised, 
And for me, I could never like Drew Brees. It's like, Bryce, of course you like Drew Brees. Everybody likes Drew Brees. No, I don't. I don't like him. I, I, I think it's because he was always on the Saints. He was on the Chargers for a while, but, but he, you know, the majority of his career was with the Saints, big rival of the Panthers. I, I, can't, I can't get there. Now, I'm coming around on Sean Payton because I like him on TV. But <laughs> He had to get uh, out of the Saints job. organization. He's yeah. out of the, yeah, he's not, he's yeah. no longer there. He's, he's still attached, but, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. And, and I would also say Hubert Davis with UNC, as much as I'm a Duke fan, that's good. I point. like Hubert Davis. Yeah. Or, been on the show. Kind of, yeah. He was awesome on the show, but a quick side note, UNC, there are, there are UNC fans. I was talking to somebody on, on Sunday at church yesterday that there are UNC fans frustrated with Hubert Davis that, ah, I don't know. I don't know if Hubert's the guy get out of here. Get out of here with Come that. On. What he did last year should buy him a ton of time. Oh, I know. I know yeah, they, they lost yesterday. Duke did too in this. What is this Phil Knight? What, what, what is Phil Knight putting his name all over this? New <laughs> tournament. He's everywhere. What, what did I miss? He's what did everywhere. I miss? I'm like, I'm all into the football yesterday. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's some big games going on in college basketball. And this Phil Knight turn is going on all weekend. But yeah. Uh, just, and then there's Phil Knight sitting courtside. It's just funny to me. I, I, I got sort of a kick out of it so to speak so one for me that i'm really ashamed of now i used to love Dwayne wade i remember at an outdoor at an outdoor three-on-three hoop it up basketball tournament in dallas <laughs> i was interviewed and i was on tv and this was recorded on our dvr for years before we moved and they said who's your favorite player and i said Dwayne wade and over time i my sports hatred for Dwayne wade was the most sports hated player of all time because of what he did to my Mavs in 2006, the amount of times he went to the free throw line and Mavs were cheated out of that championship. I stand by it. <laughs> Him and LeBron making fun of Dirk for being sick and saying he was faking it in the 2011 NBA Finals. I, he's probably a player I would have loved and appreciated, but because of what he did to my Mavericks and that rivalry, I couldn't. I loved mm. him, and over time, I couldn't do it because of my fandom for Dallas. So I, it was, it was a, it was, it's a shameful moment in my sports fandom of saying I loved him <laughs> at one point. So who is that for, for you as a listener? You can leave your comments wherever you're, you're watching. Who's that one player that you just, you, you did like, but he was on the wrong team or a coach that you really liked, but he just was on that team that you normally hate. Uh, and so you either, you got yourself, you're like, wait, I can't help it. I like this guy. Or I'm, I'm pulling for this guy. I can't believe it. Uh, or is it uh, somebody that you just could never like because he was on that, that other team? So curious to see uh, so, some, some thoughts from our listeners today. Uh, you can always email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. All right, a couple other uh, thoughts from the, the NFL When, when are you going to get into your quiche? Oh, you got, all right, all right. You, you, now you're, you're stealing the lead there, buddy. I know. That was so, disappointing. All right. Before we jump in, we'll, we'll get into all the NFL stuff. All right, so I had, I had a, a lunch today, and I ordered a quiche. And I love quiche. But I'm convinced people give quiche a bad rap. That there, It's some sort of, you know, it's like weak. It's like, oh, come on, man. You can't get a quiche. You can't order a quiche. What kind of guy are you? Come on. <laughs> and I totally disagree. Akeisha is delicious. I mean, the crust today was fantastic. It had a little, <laughs> little sweetness to it. And then bring it home with a nice, fluffy, fluffy egg. I mean, it's fantastic. What so, was, What was in it? Sausage. It was like a sausage quiche. 
So, it was very fluffy and delicious and thick and awesome. So I totally but, ruined your delivery. My apologies for that. I was did. so eager because I too am a quiche lover. Transparency here. Had no idea what quiche was before meeting Madeline. I thought they were the little tiny <laughs> like finger foods. I thought those were quiches. I didn't know you can make like a big quiche. And then all of a sudden we get these things uh, shipped to us from our wedding registry. I'm like, what are these? And Madeline goes, oh, they're quiche things that to make quiches in. I'm like, okay, fantastic. And she's making me these quiches, savory quiches, dinner quiches, all with the egg base, but you can customize whatever you put in it. I am a total buyer of all things quiche, and I'm with you. So underrated. They're not dainty. Yeah. Even if they are, boy, do they deliver every single time. Oh, Unless I so make it. Good. Yeah, it's fantastic. We had a big debacle <laughs> last year around Christmas time. I made a quiche that did not land well. So no more homemade <laughs> quiches. But I'm on a crusade to <laughs> bring respect to quiche. Be proud. Quiche lovers. Let's yeah. go. I mean, it's eggs. What, 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 you like Come an on. omelet? You like quiche? Come on. That's a good point. So, it's a, it's my, an uh, amazing omelet breakfast burrito egg pie. Oh, it's so delicious. Pizza. No, that's the thing. We got to rename it maybe. It's just, it's pizza. It's an egg pizza. So True. It's, it's an egg pie. That's all it is. It's an egg pie. Quiche. Yeah. We, the, the jury's out on the word. name. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, uh, we'd love to know your quiche takes. Where, where do we stand on that? Oof. That's maybe our poll question for today. Dalton, right? Dalton says it's a bad take. Uh, get out of here with that. <laughs> Come on. Give it another try. Try it. You gotta, you can get a good one. You'll, you'll be in. True. Um, so, all right, well, well, let's jump in to unpack this because I want to talk about two of the best games from, from yesterday, and I was watching both of these and pulling for both teams to win on the final drive. And, and so unpack this. It's our, our segment where we take sports topics related to faith, related to the Bible. Uh, we transition away from quiche talk into spiritual That's football right. talk. Um, so you got to love that. And, and so yesterday, the, in the early games, you had Jacksonville and Baltimore, kind of an interesting matchup. You know, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they've sort of been limping through the season a little bit, still winning a ton of games. They barely beat the Panthers last week, but they're still winning games. They're in the mix. They're in the playoff hunt. Some people still like them even as a, a Super Bowl contender. Going up against Jacksonville, a team that has, you know, flashed at times, but just haven't been able to complete games, win games. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has maybe made some you know, costly mistakes at times that, that have prevented them from winning. But here they were, driving. A beautiful, down, they were down seven. Yep. And Trevor Lawrence puts together a 10-play, 75-yard drive, finds a Marvin, uh, Marvin uh, Jones, an unbelievable catch. Marvin Lewis. To, <laughs> Marvin Lewis from the Bengals was playing wide receiver. Um, so Mar Marvin Jones catches this great pass, and now the Jaguars are down one, facing the, the choice. Do we go for one? There's 14 seconds left on the clock. Go for one, tie it, send it into overtime. Or do we go the risky, the aggressive, the let's go for it mentality? And Doug Peterson says we're going for two. We're going for two. Trevor Lawrence hits Zay Jones, who had a huge day yesterday. And they win the game against Baltimore uh, with, with their, their mascot who wasn't clothed, which was weird, too. Very interesting. Very, very weird. What are we doing? Yeah. Get rid of the mascots. Um, 
So I'm on the Mike Wilbon train with that. But 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 so so here it is. They they decide to go for two instead of playing for overtime. And I absolutely love this. I love when teams go to win because I've, I I always I, I talk about this a lot probably because I'm so passionate about it. But if you have the opportunity where you have all the momentum and you just scored a touchdown, you're you've got the defense on the ropes. Hit them one more time and go for it. You got to have a good play. You got to have that good, you know, two point conversion play, and you got to have a quarterback that you can trust. And the Jags did. As soon as they, they snapped the ball, Trevor Lawrence didn't even look to the right side of the field. He was locked in on. It was Zay Jones who caught the two point conversion. Yes. yes, he was locked in on him the whole time. One on one, I'm throwing the ball to Zay. So that was that was it impressive. Was awesome. Quick thing about mascots. The only thing good about mascots. If you're listening and you played NCAA football, the video game, playing with the mascots versus each other, glorious, glorious. Let's do a mascot game. The best team to play with, the Syracuse Orange. Your entire roster is a bunch of oranges that you're throwing the ball to and handing the ball to. So if you're an NCAA football guy, you're welcome for that deep cut. Bryce is not a fan, I can tell by his reaction. But the true fans are rejoicing right now. The last time I played ncaa football i was probably in high school still working through my maturity and i threw a controller i threw a control i think that was oh. the end of my my ncaa tournament time or ncaa controller thrower time. yeah not good not a good look not a good look <laughs> so here we are back on track the the jaguars win that game by going for two then we go to the four o'clock games chargers arizona Chargers, another team. It's like they got to you know push through and get some big wins. They've got Justin Herbert. Let's go. And they're losing to the Cardinals. And, and so they're, they're down by seven, and they're driving on the final, you know, final minutes of the game. And with 15 seconds remaining, Austin Eckler catches a t- pass for a touchdown, and they cut the lead to 24 to 23. And now the Chargers have a choice to make. Do we go for two? Or do we just kick an extra point, hopefully make it, and send it to overtime and try to win in overtime? No. The Chargers go for it as well. Herbert finds uh, Gerald Everett, the tight end. They get the two-point conversion. They beat the Cardinals. Probably end Cliff Kingsbury's time in Arizona. And and, and L.A. gets the, the big win. And so Brandon Staley, Doug Peterson, they had faith in their quarterbacks faith in their offenses. They were willing to take the risk and they were willing to go for it and go for two. And I absolutely love it. I'm a huge fan. And what's cool is uh, I saw this on Twitter. Uh, Sunday was the first week since the two point conversion was implemented in 1994, where multiple games were decided by game winning points that came on the conversion in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. So a historic day to have both of them, uh, which was really neat on a quick side note. If you're watching the Bucks game against Cleveland, the Bucks were playing for overtime, and they lost in overtime. So there, <laughs> there you go. Now, the Raiders also played for overtime. There's a little bit more time on the clock, and the Raiders were able to win in overtime thanks to uh, Josh Jacobs' <laughs> Josh big Jacobs. run, Goodness. which was unbelievable, uh, which ended fantasy matchups all across the country, including one <laughs> of mine, which was devastating. <laughs> um, so so what, what's so cool about these, these two-point conversions, though, is – you know, they're, they're calculated risks and the aggressive approach really invigorates the whole team. And it doesn't always work out perfectly, but the, the bold mentality keeps the momentum going. And, and really it just allows the team an opportunity to win. 
instead of playing for the tie or playing for overtime. And this isn't soccer. This is football. So you actually want to win. And so you try to win games. No, no response, Luke. All right, we'll get to <laughs> soccer later. Um, and, and so, you know, some coaches may view the two-point conversion as, you know, too risky. And, and what is the deal? Well, they don't want to take the gamble because they're afraid and they lack the necessary faith in their team to go for two. And, and so what about in our own lives? Do we, do we live by the approach of, I'm going to go for it, let's win it now? Is that the strategy? Or is it always, eh, we'll try and win later in overtime? Which, eh, we'll go for the tie. We'll settle. What's easier? What's safer? Eh, I'm going to go for that. that that's, that's more of my approach. Now, there is a time for both, for sure. But today, I want to challenge and encourage us to really consider the situations in our lives where God is saying, go for it where it's a now it's it's come on let's go let's stop let's stop delaying let's not procrastinate let's not be fearful let's not be afraid let's not you know where's our faith are we going to place our faith in in God in these key moments where we face a decision to step out in faith in boldness in confidence and and to make the most of the opportunity right now and and so you know we calculate the the risk a little bit but we we don't let the fear cause us not to go for it. And, and so as followers of Jesus, we know that faith is at the core of everything we believe, right? In Hebrews, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. First Corinthians says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Ephesians 3.12 tells us, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. And so as we walk closely with God, there are key moments in our lives when we must exercise a deep faith and make choices that, that outsiders may view as risky or not safe or, oh, they're really taking a gamble. Because it's in these moments we demonstrate our faith is in God by obeying what he is leading us to do. We don't act irrationally or unwise, but in faith, we boldly go for it. We go for two in life. When he makes it clear and, and, and he, says, he says go for it, then we go for it. Just as God tells Joshua in, in Joshua 1.7, is the amplified version, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. And so when we step out in faith, we reveal that our trust and our confidence are in the all-knowing, loving, powerful God that we serve. And often this means that we don't delay or, or wait for overtime, but we go for the win now. We have the conversation now. We make the move now. We confess. We forgive. We pray. We don't hesitate. We don't make excuses. We don't push things down further. I mean, how many coaches, ah, eh, we'll win in overtime. No, you're at the, the two-yard line or whatever. Go for it. It's, it's go time. It's time to win the game. And, and so we've got to have that kind of boldness and confidence rooted in faith, rooted in who Jesus is, rooted in who we are in Christ. And so we can live with that kind of boldness where we do step out in faith. We do step out of the boat, so to speak. And, and so we don't, we don't have to play it safe all the time. There are certain times where God says, hey, wait, be patient, be safe right now. But when he says go, we've got to take that faithful risk forward. And so let's choose to see what amazing things God does when we decide 
to really go for it. And, and this is one of my, my most passionate topics to discuss. And I, I, I write about it often. I've written about it over the years. Uh, one, from a football standpoint, I love when teams go for it on fourth down and the two-point conversion. And in life, I, the thrill and the adventure of going for it with God is, is worth it. It's fun. And there are times where I, I, I think to myself and I go, man, I'm playing, I'm playing things a little too safe. I'm a little too scared. I'm a little too comfortable. I got to, I got to, I got to see where God's, God's want me to go for it. And, and so I've, I've seen him show up in amazing ways when I've been willing to go for it um, and take those steps of faith. And it can be It can be hard at times. It can be risky at times, but when we know that our, our, our hope and our faith is rooted in him, we can, we can do it. We can go for it because he's, he's with us. He gives us the strength and the energy and, and what we need uh, to be able to do it. We have to take that step of faith. So that's today's unpack this uh, topic. It'll go out through uh, email as well later today. Uh, you can uh, also uh, sign up for free on our website to receive it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, and so you can go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Luke, what is your uh, approach when you're watching football? Do you, do you root for teams to go for it? Do you like when your team <laughs> goes for it? Are you a little safer of a fan? And then how does this play out in your own lives from in your own life from a faith perspective? Well, I'll tell you this as a, if, if my team's on defense, I'm hoping they don't go for it because I don't want to lose on a two point conversion. So, oh, it's tough, but you know, I don't have too much to follow up with on the spiritual application here besides just saying all of this, a lot of, a lot of life is comes down to our belief in God in regards to do we do a lot of things is a belief issue if we're struggling with a, a certain thing in faith a certain thing in our life it comes down at its core to a belief issue and if we're not willing to step out in faith it's probably because we believe something untrue about God or our, our belief isn't strong enough to uh, step out in faith and we need to get on our knees and ask God by the power of his spirit to grow our faith and to help us believe things that are true about God. <clears throat> so, um, but everything you said is so true. You know, there's many times we're going to have to go for two in life, but we have every reason to be confident because God has shown himself to be faithful. If, and if, especially if we believe God's word is true and authoritative in our lives, we have every reason to go for two and have the confidence to go for two. But when we're actually having to go for two in life, and it's our first time, it really, I mean, we have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, do I really believe these things I've been saying? Is it just, is it just smooth talk? Is it just speech? Or do I actually believe this stuff? So, which is a scary thing. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to what are we believing about God? And is our belief weak, which God can absolutely use? And we ask him, hey, please, God, propel me forward in this weak faith I have. Um, or do we believe things that aren't true about God that are preventing us from actually stepping out and going for two? Man, that's good. That's strong. I love it. So uh, I hope that that's encouraging uh, to all of us, especially you know, as we end the year and, and the beginning of the new year allows change. And so some of us may be facing decisions that, that would you know, be some change in our lives, but we got to take the step of faith and, and go for it. We, we've got to make those, make those changes uh, with God's strength and 
Um, and to Luke's point, believing the right things about him and, and who we are in, in him. So um, hopefully that's something to, to, to you know, wrestle with and think about uh, today and in the next, you know, the coming weeks uh, heading into uh, the new year, especially. So uh, big wins for, for Jacksonville and, and the Chargers. And, and of course, Jack, excuse me, Jacksonville's not necessarily in the playoff hunt, but they want to build a winning culture. Build, yes. Culture, momentum. Yeah. And it, I, that drive could be the turning point for Trevor Lawrence. You know, you see young quarterbacks, you just need that that marquee, that that pivotal moment. And I'm watching, I mean, he's hitting his receivers on that drive. That's, they just, everything, everything clicked. It was like, boom, let's go. That's who he was drafted to be. That's the yes. talent we all expected him to have. And, you know, he was on Dan Patrick's show. There's still, there's still Urban Meyer effects in this organization Ugh. that they're unlearning. And he's talked about it. People are still asking mm. about Urban Meyer. Hey, well, at all things Urban Meyer. We're still mo- we're, we're still in the process of moving past that. And no doubt this season's going to be littered with that. But to see that drive and say, that's the Trevor Lawrence that was drafted so high. That's the Trevor Lawrence that after his freshman year at Clemson, people were saying, don't play for two years, just prepare for the draft, which was great to see. It, it, it's a no-brainer. If this continues to develop, you bring in a guy like Doug Peterson – you surround Trevor Lawrence with better players. You continue yeah. to do that. It's going to happen. Football's not as it's it's way more common sense than we think it is. Yeah, there's there's esoteric things, there's difficult things, there's confusing things that experts and professionals need to do. But at the end of the day, is your coach a good leader? Does he know how to to mold and shape and develop players and men? Does your franchise quarterback have talented players to throw to? Does he have linemen that can actually stand in front of defensive linemen without his quarterback getting his head taken off? <laughs> it's a simple game. Yeah. No, it's good. So they, they've set him up to succeed. And even Travis Etienne went down and uh, Hasty came in and played really well. So that was a fun, fun game. Um, and then the Chargers, they're still alive. They're still there. I don't know if I, I'm not real confident they're going to make the playoffs, Hanging but they'll at least thread. they'll be in the hunt. They'll be in the uh, hunt till the end. Um, and then uh, you talk about you know quarterbacks being able to thrive. Mike White, man, he was set up to thrive yesterday. He's getting all his his wide receivers involved. So huge, huge win for him. I, I I can't talk about him enough because I wasn't a big Zach Wilson guy coming in. I didn't get it. I was trying to understand. Okay, why why is all this hype with with Wilson? He was taking he was taking after Lawrence. That was Lawrence then Wilson. Yeah, yeah Wilson was two, and then Trey Lance yeah. three. Gosh, to think land. I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy. So let yeah. me, I want to pump the brakes on Mike White a little bit. No, don't you dare. Don't, so, don't throw water on this, this fire, fire for Mike White. It's against the Bears defense. So okay. Zach Wilson has, has struggled against way better defenses. But so, so Mike White still has more to prove. However, it's noteworthy that Mike White came in and dominated. Still an NFL defense, not a great defense. The most important takeaway here, though, I was reading an article in The Athletic. When first-round quarterbacks over the last 10 or so years, when they get benched, usually that's their last time starting for that team. Usually mm-hmm. they're gone the next year. They're yep. Not in every case, but a majority of the time when you bench your first-rounder, oh, yeah, you're done. done. You're done. So 
it's looking very grim for Zach Wilson in New York. Oh, yeah, he's out. He's out. They can release him tomorrow. I mean, I guess we'll try to trade him. Someone might try to salvage. But when you have the leadership issues and, your, and the accountability issues. That's a good point. That's, that's a character. And people change. And, and maybe he can grow and mature. And this will be humbling. But to me, that's a big, that's a big red flag. Because usually quarterbacks like either have it or you don't. You're either that guy in the locker room or, or you're not. Guys rally behind you. And you don't or, have or to be team. vocal. It's not saying that you have to be vocal. But the way you carry yourself, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. Because not all quarterbacks are the, I have to give every pregame speech. I'm the most vocal guy. But if your quarterback's a leader, just the way he carries himself sets the trajectory. We yeah. don't seem to get that with Zach Wilson. No, and you even have to you have to win the locker room on the defensive side of the ball too. They have to respect you, trust you, and know yeah. that hey, hey, listen, we played great today as a defense, and you blew it. And and the quarterback has to be willing. Hey, raise their hand and say, hey, I blew it. Thanks, defense. You guys were awesome today. We didn't make enough plays today. Oh, and know. and that's got to that's got to be part of the deal there. Um, all right, I did want to talk college football as well in regards to. The coaching carousel that is now this is Bryce's favorite topic. If, you, if it's your first time tuning in, Let's Bryce go. is a lover of all things coaching carousel. Yeah, carousel is that like a merry-go-round? Is that is that what that word? I'm trying to think. Uh, Take your daughters I, on a, the carousel yeah. at the carnival. I think one of their carousels I, I like, but I love the coaching carousel. I'm all in Carousels yeah. and college football. It's one of those words that I can never pronounce right the first time. I always read it and say carousal. So I don't know if you have one of if you have those words in your life where it takes you a couple tries to get through it. But every time I see that an article or on the the show print doc, <laughs> I read coaching carousal. Oh yeah. Oh no, carousel. So just want to confess that today. I, I can never get it right the first time. Oh, uh, that's good. That's rich. That is rich. Um, so a couple things that I, I just want to celebrate. And these guys are getting celebrated, but I, I just as a sports fan, I think it's really cool. The fact that Jim Harbaugh was willing to take a pay cut. Everybody was sort of writing him off. Oh, he doesn't have it. What's happened to Michigan? And he was willing to stay. They're willing to keep him. And the way that he's turned things around to now put themselves in a position, a great position, to actually win the national championship, to beat oh, Ohio absolutely. State two years in a row, this is, this is sweet. And it's also fascinating to me that he was up for that Vikings job. He almost took that Vikings job. Vikings went with Kevin O'Connell. They wanted a different personality than Mike Zimmer. Harbaugh was probably too closely aligned with Zimmer. Um, old school kind of, I don't want to say grouchy, but you know, Kevin O'Connell's a little bit fresh, <laughs> you know, breath of fresh air or whatever. Uh, Luke's, Luke's guy. Um, <laughs> I like O'Connell. But, but no, for him to stay there. But then, depending on kind of how things turn out probably, especially if he wins a national championship, Harbaugh could be to he could leave to the NFL. Could he go to the Colts? Could he go to the Chargers? And then there's even talk that maybe Sean McVay actually does leave the Rams and you know goes into TV, and then that spot opens up. Arizona looks like it's going to open up. Denver, that's a dumpster fire. I don't know if anybody wants that job, but but for Harbaugh to now okay put him, put his team in position to win, and then potentially still leave, but he was willing to sort of bet on himself and, and come back and, and all that was uh, for the less money. The most fascinating thing to me, to me is two, three years ago, like you said, Harbaugh, hot seat conversations, can he do it? He can't beat Ohio State. He can't even beat Michigan State, all these Big Ten foes. And then now 
He goes and beats Ohio State two years in a row for the first time since like 2000. It's been a long time. And now Ryan Day is not on the hot seat. But the fact that there's even chatter about is Ohio, what's, what should Ohio State think about Ryan Day, how quickly things turn. That's a complete 180. How? I mean, th- literally three years ago, everyone's ripping on Harbaugh. He can't coach. He can't do it. And now he's the hero. And last year, they didn't really have a chance to win it all. I mean, Georgia was just too good. But this Michigan team, oh boy, legit chance. They could go get this thing. And that would be be fascinating how things went from bad to incredible with Harbaugh's Wolverines. I love it. Very cool. The other thing is how quickly USC has turned around with Lincoln Riley. And, and I'm not I, – I don't like when coaches leave big programs to go to other big programs. I, I just – it rubs me the wrong way. Brian Especially Kelly if they're Notre de- Dame to LSU. deceptive about it and kind of lying. Because he said, I'm not taking the LSU job. As a way to say I'm not leaving, everyone thought that. He, but no one's even thinking he's taking the USC job. It's like, oh, he's not going oh, to LSU. He said, uh, he's like, are you going to LSU? No, I'm not going to LSU. But he knows he's uh, taking the USC job. Yeah. So I didn't like that, but I I appreciate how quickly he's been able to bring USC into the mix. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that's remarkable. Now you got a ton ton of transfers, and and but still in college football to be able to do that uh, is is very impressive. So uh, I'm amazed I'm amazed by that, and then I'm also just kind of fascinated to see uh, these dominoes. Uh, you know, does Lane Kiffin actually stayed at Ole Miss. Looks like he's going to, and he got that extension. Hugh Freeze at Liberty is very intriguing to me. Does he actually leave? How, you know, how do we feel about that? I, 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 it makes me a little funny about his journey and, and all that, But because um, it seemed like he was really building Liberty. But see, then they had sort of a tough last few games. They've lost some surprising games, didn't finish the season real well. Uh, so apparently Auburn fans were all up in arms when the rumors started coming out about Hugh Freeze going to Auburn. So that's really fascinating. And then how about David Shaw resigning from Stanford? So does David Shaw become a big broadcaster? Because he's always good when he's been on the college football playoff coverage and yeah. different things. Always enjoy him. Uh, so I'll be keeping an eye out for that. And then also, Dabo and Clemson and where they go from here. And you know just the fact Ooh. that he lost both coordinators this offseason – and then now they've had sort of two years in a row where they've, they've just underachieved to their standard. Well, it's um, hilarious because it's been a lose-lose. Dabo's lost Venables, who was huge for him, and Venables is suffering in oh, Norman. Stop. Stop. I mean, it's a, the dark ages for Oklahoma this year. I mean, come on. Very bad. So I wonder if they're thinking, gosh, could we? Could we re- reunite? Because it was it was very good times when we were together at Clemson. But even Clemson all season, it was, ah, they're really that good. They're, everyone thought they were worse than the record. And we're kind of seeing – it's just – to but, sustain but, excellence is so difficult. So I think the question is now, how long can Kirby Smart keep it going at Georgia? They look <sighs> dominant. Is it ever going to end? But – it does. Five, it does. ten years. Not no one's built like Saban to be able to do it for years and years and years and years. No matter how yeah. good Georgia is right now, and one of my buddies at church, 
diehard Georgia fan, and I know he's not he's not pleased with with hearing this, but we can't just take for granted that Kirby Smart's just going to keep having his Bulldogs number one, two, and three in the country because yeah, well, it, it's just too hard. Well, it puts it in perspective, especially what Clemson accomplished during their you know elite run and championships and all that. I mean, it was it was remarkable. But yeah, to keep it going, you're going to go through ebbs and flows. And you know, we just talk about Trevor Lawrence. You lose a guy like Trevor Lawrence, and and, and DJ just hasn't. He's not on that same level. And that's but Dabo's loyalty to DJ Ungale, uh is has been. You know, I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate the loyalty verbally, public verbally. But he's still putting in true freshman backup <laughs> in crunch time. Um, well, but it, that's also the thing. You got to have a quarterback. It's so obvious, but we got to say it again. What's a huge reason Lincoln Riley is succeeding at USC? He's got a Heisman candidate. Why can't A&M get it going with all their talent? (laughs) Because they have no quarterbacks. Their best quarterback is a true freshman who's still developing and could be really good. But goodness, you got to have a playmaker at quarterback. And and guess what, Luke? My Carolina Panthers won on Sunday with Sam Darnold. Darnold, baby. (laughs) He's back. And and speaking of of the Panthers, Matt Rule – takes over Nebraska. Ooh, and here's my take. My, my uncle, he sent me a text, loyal listener. He was asking me about uh, Matt Rule. This is, an e- this is an easy, low-hanging fruit take. But Nebraska, it's over. Like, it was a nice run. They were a great program. They're, they were an old-school, you know, college program that was awesome. And actually, Chad, another loyal listener, big Nebraska fan. I need to get his thoughts on this, too. But I just don't see them becoming that powerhouse again, especially with Matt rule. Like Nebraska was one of those classic programs and you know, they, they, their fan base is unbelievably loyal, but yes. today in today's college football, I just don't see how Nebraska fits into all of that and can get back to that, that level. Um, I, I just, I don't see the path forward with that uh, rising to the top with Matt rule. And I still, as we, as everybody talks about Matt rule and, Oh man, we got to go get Matt. Guys, he was at Temple and Baylor. And and what kind of sustain, sustained success did he have? Like, we act like he's this big-time uh, coach. He got I, them I mean, there. He got them there to to Just Which is nice. That was yeah. good. It was a rebuild. Yeah. It was good. But, but, but there but was the, no – he didn't sustain it because he left. No. He built them back up. It, yeah, who knows how long they would have lasted. So I, the thing about Nebraska, it's unfortunate. Now, I wasn't alive. Maybe I was. I, I was very young when Nebraska was dominating, but just being, I forget that Nebraska is even a state. So how, if, if I forget <laughs> that they're even a state in the United States of America, Come on, Luke. how could Come they, on, Luke. how could they possibly be successful in the age of transfer portal NIL? I just don't know. That's why David Shaw resigning at, at, at Stanford, whoever's going to take that job, it's going to be fascinating because Stanford, allegedly, it doesn't always work out like this, but it's hard to get in there. They, on paper, treat athletes like normal uh, academic students, and they really don't accept transfers because it's so difficult to get into that school. And they're kind of, they, they're not really pro-NIL, at least publicly. So a coach going to Stanford, building that team is going to be different than another big program. But yeah. Nebraska, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it, we'll I, I, I don't see it. So, and, and yeah, the Matt Rule experiment in, in Carolina obviously ended poorly. And, 
you know, just to see how how quickly Steve Wilkes has changed the atmosphere and the the, the attitude in Charlotte. It's it's a game changer. It's night and day. It's night and day. The team's not that much better because they've they've yeah they can't figure out the quarterback and Sam Darnold was better, but the way the Panthers play and the hope and the excitement is just it's so much different than when Matt Rule was here. So it's just interesting to me that he gets this big time job at Nebraska. At the same time, is Nebraska a big time job? So it's sort of a uh, it's a it's a weird it's a weird situation. So they can have each other and and good luck good luck to them. Eight year contract, I think, is what he signed. <laughs> You know, his agent is a machine. Oh, eight well, years. No way like, he stays eight years. There's no way. No, I'm pretty sure he gives up some some of the Carolina money as well that, that he was owed by taking that job. So um, Jason asks about uh, Wisconsin. We did. We, there's been so many coaching changes. I didn't even get to Wisconsin. That was kind of the most recent one. Luke Fickle. I, I like him. I, you know, I think what he did at yeah. Cincinnati this is one of those moves that I have to appreciate and understand because can you really sustain success at Cincinnati? That's difficult. That no, this is a big, yeah. you know, a big step up to Wisconsin. And, and, and even I'm, I'm though, happy. even though since he's going to the big 12, going to power five conference, Wisconsin has better resources, better fan base, just more opportunities to succeed and a historically good football program. Tough year, but they win a lot of games. So yeah, it's, it's a no brainer for him. And you know, Wisconsin don't sleep on the Badgers. They're, they're a good team. And they put a lot of dudes in the NFL too, which is impressive. So and tonight, my Colts, Jonathan Taylor. That's right. It's a big night for him. It's gonna be a fun one. Colts and Steelers. Can't wait. So that's gonna be, uh, I've still got to add some more ornaments to the tree tonight, but, uh, but we will we'll be enjoying the Monday night football. Yeah, that's for sure. So hopefully uh, Jeff Saturday can, uh, I mean, they, they, I feel like the Colts are favorite. Uh, oh, they have to be, right? They have to be, I guess they're favorite. So the Steelers, if you had to say today, do you think Saturday, time. if you had to say today, do you think Saturday is just a placeholder for Harbaugh? Former Colts quarterback. I He's know. loved there. So, but that his, the Harbaugh's temperament is different than the previous Colts coaches. Who are kind of mellow, uh, yeah. not really uh, in your face. Harbaugh's, sure. yeah, kind of said grouchy is the word you used, but we'll see. Well, I kind of like Harbaugh. Oh, that was another. We were talking earlier about coaches on teams that you don't normally like. I'm not a big Ravens guy, Baltimore Ravens. I just don't like the franchise, but I like John or Jim John John, John. Harbaugh. I like John Harbaugh. I like both Harbaugh's. I would play for. I like them both too. Um, so I would, I would like want to play for him and I, I have nothing against it, but I'm just not a big Ravens guy. I also like Lamar Jackson, even though he got a little frustrated after yesterday's loss, but lose to Jacksonville that way. That's a tough one. Isn't uh, a, a lost another one in the fourth quarter. So the Ravens, uh, letting game slip away. Isn't the Harbaugh's brother-in-law, Tom Crean? Yeah. Imagine He's, holidays with them. Oof. I interviewed when I went over that last piece of Turkey. When I, <laughs> when I worked for Texas at, at A&M. Tom Crean's Georgia team came to to Aggieland to play us in basketball. I remember asking him a question, the most terrifying moment of my life. He doesn't <laughs> smile. Talking about talking about intimidation, potentially a grouch. I raised my hand. I'm like, I'm gonna ask about two three zone or something. I thought he was looking through my soul. I'm like, oh, no. I hope this isn't a stupid question. Ended up being a great question based on his response. 
but intimidating. Did you say, man. I hope this isn't a stupid question. No, in, no, I did not lead with internally. Okay. I'm thinking that I asked Good. it confidently, but talking about an intimidating man. So I can only imagine what those holidays are like. If you, <laughs> if you walk in front of the TV during a football game, get out of here. You take too big of a scoop. You're the, you uh, take the rest of the corn casserole or the green bean casserole. Get out of here. That's so. a fun topic. What, what sports family would you want to have Thanksgiving with? That's a, that's a mm. fun one. Of course it'd be the Mannings, but after yeah. that, who would you, who, who, or, or what, what a family should be filmed at Thanksgiving? What sports Ooh. family should be filmed during Thanksgiving? Well, like Harbaugh, and, Harbaugh's and Green would Ryan be boring. family. Who, what yeah, family? Probably. What'd you say? What, what family did you say? The Ryans, Rex Ryan, Rob Ryan. <laughs> That'd be a are, fun we gonna, are we going to get uh Rex Ryan's or Rob Ryan's ponytail? Is he going to be he ponytail Rob? Ryan? Let it loose. He lets it loose now, doesn't he? <laughs> that's a, that's a lot. Whenever you talk about the Jets, though, it's like the last time they were relevant was Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan. Now we've got Mike AFC White Championship and Chris Daughtry. Mike Birch comments the Van Gundys. That would be great. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. I'm, I'm more of a Stan Van guy. Mm. I like Stan Van better than Jeff as far as announcers go. I like Jeff. You like do? Oh. His banter's good. His banter's good. His willingness to say these refs are horrible, I appreciate. I'm, You're I'm the a, ref guy. I'm not I'm a, a ref, ref hater. I'm a ref Yeah, I'm hater. not a ref guy. I don't worry about yeah. the refs. Which, which, speaking of refs, we got to talk about uh, one controversy. Let, so let, let, let's do tap drill um, because uh, the, the refs are under fire a little bit on, on some of these catches that are out there. What is a catch? So, uh, so let's say hey to, to Henry. Uh, well, I guess we're just we're moving right past Thanksgiving and your Giants losing. The, the Cowboys finally win on Thanksgiving. Uh, so, so Luke's, you know, was able to gloat a little bit before the show. But Henry, how you doing? You still hopeful about your Giants in the playoffs? This is the reason why we can't put the Giants on primetime or big <laughs> holidays. The Giants are a blue-collar working team. Just put us on the 1 o'clock hour. Let us do our thing. Let us go home with the family. No need to give us a spotlight. But we're going to go no huddle and go right into tap drill. And the first yeah. thing we're going to talk about, these referees, it is 2022. Do we know what a catch is? We got Chris Olave thinking he's got a catch. They're taking it away. We got we 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 got a Hunter Henry thinking he's got a catch. In Seattle, we got a receiver who thought he was doing toe drag swag, but come to find out the ball moved two inches, so it's not a catch. Can we please figure out what a catch actually is? I I thought that a few years ago, especially with the Des Bryant situation, that we yep. we got to the bottom of it. And I, I guess I just I don't understand why it continues to be such a struggle and such a, a differentiation. Um, and I guess what I struggle with is how long do you actually have to hold on to the ball? Because it's always amazing to me some of these touchdowns where it's like you catch it, it's it's real quick, up oh, touchdown, and, and then they can let go and celebrate. But then, if in other scenarios, it's like they gotta have the ball forever for it to be a, for it to be a catch or a, a you know kind of a they have to make up an athletic play. But that's not always the case for a touchdown. Um, and then you know, the, of course, these other plays where it's like near the ground is the ball allowed to touch the ground at all? So I don't even know what I I necessarily want as a fan. Do you know what you want, Luke? Like, what do you want a catch to be? What should a catch be in your eyes? If it's a catch at elementary school recess, it should be a catch. 
Catches are common sense. Give it to him. Yeah. Get, yeah Just give right, it to him. Good effort. Good effort. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty good. To break it down in slow motion, and it, did that ball move a millimeter? No. Did they catch it recess? Then it's a touchdown. Come on. I, yeah, maybe we've over-reviewed it. Over-reviewed it, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I would agree with that. Let, let's just kind of pull back a little bit, and in real time, was that a catch? All right, you got it. Boom, touchdown. We're moving on. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, Henry, next question. We were talking about the Giants. We were talking about the Dallas Cowboys. We were actually talking about this before we got on air. If you take a look at the NFC playoff picture, all four uh, NFC East teams are currently in the playoffs, which means that the rest of the three divisions, you can only get in by winning the division. So what do we think? And as a matter of fact, the AFC, uh, the AFC East, is trending toward that direction as well. So what do we think of an all-division all division wild card? To have all four, I think it would be fun. I, I don't think New England and the Jets, only one of them. The Jets I don't just see feel like a fraud. The Jets yeah, feel I, like I, a fraud. So you're still I'm, – I'm jumping on the Mike White bandwagon, as I've said five times today. <laughs> but, uh, but the Patriots losing Thursday night. Uh, on Thanksgiving night, even though Mac Jones threw the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, I just don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough. So I, I'll be surprised, but Belichick, you can never count them out. Um, and then in the NFC East, I mean, Washington, the way Heineke's playing, we talked about him last week. And then I got to give a shout out to Brian Robinson. I mean, this story that early, you know, I remember during the fantasy draft, we hear about the fact that he was shot in his leg. Uh, you know, it's Rob. And here he is, a rookie, and getting off to such a slow start with an injury and having to come back from that um, to now you know, rush over 100 yards and, and has been a very solid contributor for Washington. That's a great story. Well, it's not a great story initially, but the way that he's persevered and come back, yeah. really cool. I'll tell I don't you think what. He'd be player of the year, but man, that's that's impressive. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Who who has a better story than that for comeback player of the year? But gosh. It's just amazing. I go back to this before the season, thinking that the AFC West was going to be the division to send all four teams to the playoffs. And now you have the NFC East, who people were calling the NFC least, because no one thought the Giants were going to be this good. No one thought the Eagles were going to be this good. Everyone was thinking Dallas is going to win back-to-back years, the division. No one thought Washington was going to be good. And then you have the AFC East, who has typically, in the past, what, 20 years only been the Patriots and then nothing else. And now all, te- all four teams are above 500. That's remarkable. But I'll tell you what, I don't want anything to do with Washington in the playoffs. They make the playoffs with that defense. Chase Taylor Young hasn't even been playing. Which is remarkable. They're, that defense is built for a gritty, grinded out playoff game, upset alert. They're dangerous, especially if they keep this momentum. Taylor Heineke, hey, say what you want. The dude can play football. They, they win. They win. Now, it's, it was Atlanta. It was a tight game. Could have gone either way, but they held Still, on. You got you to win the games you should win. All right, man. Give us one more. One more question. One more. All right. So we're going to go to the other football, the football on the pitch. And I'm, I'm taking this question right to Luke. Luke, Tuesday, Iran. USA, it is a must-win game for the Stars and Stripes, or else it's win or 
go home. What is your prognosis for USMNT? Come on. 1-0 win, an 88-minute score from Christian Pulisic, Captain America. Wow. Here's, here's the thing. The World Cup's amazing. The U.S. should beat. They should win. Um, but I, I'm so excited. The 0-0 draw, I know Bryce hates ties, but that's impressive. To, to have Listen a clean yourself, sheet dude. against a superior England team who is starting world-class players, to hold them to zero goals is remarkable. So, Team USA, so think, come on. Let me just ask you. So, I, I didn't get into it. I didn't get into the game. So, 0-0 zero, zero, at the end of that, what was your emotion? My emotion was, all right, that was we really did fun. what we I needed to do. Zero, 0-0 zero game. So, I'll acknowledge, if you're just getting into soccer, it's a learning curve. There's no, there's no salary caps. The rich man wins. There's relegation, promotion. There's ties. To play 90 minutes and have 0-0 and that be the end of the game? I, buddy's texting me, I just watched this for 90 minutes and there's no goals. I'm like, hey, I acknowledge it's a learning curve, but once the soccer bug bites, there is no going back. It's the same thing as the golf bug. Everyone hates golf until the golf bug bites them, and then it's the greatest thing they've ever seen in their life. It's the same thing with watching soccer. So, got to say that. Now, I know you said last question for tap drill, but we've got to talk about the infamous Seahawks play. We've got to address it. I don't know if you guys saw it. I watched this game, and I've and I and I've still got a and I've still got another bone to pick with a certain TV personality about this game. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I watched this game, and I didn't even pay attention to it until Luke actually sent the the video. On the interception, there was an actual twelfth man on the field. Okay, the, during the during the run back of the Seattle Raiders game. There's the interception that happens, and there's a player that jumps on the field thinking that the play is over, but soon realizes, hey, wait a minute, this is still going on. Let me act like I'm blocking, and no one picks up on it. The line judge doesn't pick up on it. The umpire, the back judge, the referee, no one picks up on this. How do you play? How do you get away? Well, it's in Seattle, and their their motto is the 12th man. So I guess that works, right? Yeah. I, I got to be defensive because A&M's the 12th man, and Seattle continues to try to steal that moniker, which is <laughs> Here blasphemy. We, Here we How, go. And now they're so desperate to be known as the 12th man. They're, they're deploying a 12th player on chaotic plays. But it's, it's so funny because you see the player. He sees the pick. He's on the sideline. All right, play's over. I'm going to go celebrate with my team. He's a team-first guy. It's not about me. I'm going to celebrate my teammate's interception. He's running out there. Oh, my gosh, this play's still going on. And then he kind of throws a half block. Like, I'm already out here. Might as well block for my guy. I mean, it's, it's so funny because you see the gears turning in his head on, oh, my gosh, this is a live ball. Well, I'm already out here. Might as well do some damage. Make the most of it. Let's go. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> and no one, no, I don't even think the players no picked no, up on No, no penalty. Nothing. You got to think teams are thinking, Bill Belichick's thinking, you know what? I could get away with this. I could get away as, with this. As, I, I as long as he sticks to the sideline there. <laughs> it probably happens where people just don't catch it. 
it, it's, I'm sure it's happened over over the time over time. So but, funny. But the Raiders actually get the win. They, let's all face it, though. All right, remember at the beginning of the year, I laughed at the Seahawks, and then I looked like a fool because Geno Smith is a hero, and he's awesome. Let's not be surprised if Seattle unravels the rest of the way. Let, let's not be surprised by that. I know our, our loyal listener, Sean, and his Seahawks, you know, they've been awesome this year. It's been a surprising season, but now they, they, they dropped the six and five. Not, I don't know. Not, Niners are, are winning that division. Niners, surely they should win that division. Yes. And then Seattle's going to have to make a wild card spot. Oof. Which the NFC is still open, but, you know, Detroit needed to, to win on Thursday. They didn't, which was a bummer. I was pulling for them to beat Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so, like, they're one of those teams in the mix. And then Green Bay loses last night. They're probably going to be out of the out of the mix. The Cardinals are now done. Um, uh, so, after that, yeah, I mean, it's four teams in the NFC East. I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at. Because we're getting crazy. one out of, out of the South. So and, yeah, and, and wait a minute, wait oh. a minute, wait a minute. I wait a minute. I got. And there's one other thing about this game we got to talk about. Bryce, you need come up and defend your boy Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen told us because of course the uh, the red zone only allows for so many hours of television, and that game went into overtime. And he says, go to your local CBS affiliate to watch the rest of the game. So my son and I are looking for the game. We get 60 minutes. Oh, Bryce, that's, that's a devastating. What is up with your guy? You need to come up and defend your guy, man. No. So, for one, I actually had the game. In Charlotte, we had it. We we're like one of the few cities that had it because we had the Panthers on earlier in the day. But, but this is this is my soapbox on this whole thing. The NFL and their archaic TV rules are are outrageous. The idea that we are limited in our NFL viewing is beyond me. The, the, the idea that we don't have access to every game, I, I know we can get Sunday ticket, but Sunday ticket at the moment is only DirecTV, and I, I'm not monkeying around with DirecTV. I don't even know how DirecTV is still around. But <laughs> yeah, the idea that, that thankfully they're finally done and it'll be, it'll be good because it'll be on one of these streaming platforms, Apple Plus, Google, you know, YouTube, or uh, Amazon, which would be awesome. But the idea that these, you know, for, for the last few years – it's always, all right, you get one game on Fox, and then you get one game at CBS, and then that's all you get. Maybe you'll get a doubleheader on one of those each week. Oh. It, it's, I, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I try to think about the financials. Like, okay, why do they do this, an exclusive game? I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm it's greed. Just show us the games. Show us the game. Get And, and don't even get me started. I, this has become a soapbox of mine. Get rid of the blackouts. What are we doing? I well, should be penalized. I should be penalized for living in the city of my favorite team. Because yeah. I live in Dallas, I can't watch certain Dallas games. How on earth does that make sense? How does it make sense? How about outrageous? How, how about the flex game? You mean to tell me that if I'm gonna if I'm coming in from out of town to see a one o'clock game, say in Texas, I don't know when that'll happen, but let me go to Texas and then I get to Texas to find out that they flex the Dallas Cowboy game to eight thirty. Oh dude, yeah, dude, I, no, I, like, I gotta go to work on Monday. No, I like the flex. I'm I'm, I'm all for the flex. You gotta put good <laughs> games on. There, we got to eliminate the accidental. Oh no, we scheduled the. Uh, now the Jaguars are interesting, but the Jaguars and the the Texans game. 
No, no, no. Get that off of Sunday Night Football. We made a, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. Get that out. Get that out. So I'm all for the flex game. I understand your concern, Henry, but I, I, I gotta, I'm in favor of the flex. But as far as Scott Hanson, our boy on NFL Red Zone, seven hours commercial-free football. I love that guy. I spend every Sunday with him. Um, so I'm always going to defend him. Um, so he, he had bad information. But the idea that he can't continue to to air that game either. We we've paid for the red zone. Just show the game. What are why does the NFL care if I turn over to the local CBS affiliate? I'm, yeah. I'm I haven't been watching it anyway. Well, I've got <laughs> old TVs, but but I'm I'm watching the red zone. So that was silly. That was I was scrambling. I had to turn. I had to find it. Thankfully, I did find it to see Josh Jacobs run all over Seattle. That was a mm. crazy play to mm. win the game. So some very exciting finishes in the NFL, some big time matchups on Saturday with uh, the rivalry games. We still got to find Luke arrival with Texas A&M. That's right. My Mountaineers season unraveled. Uh, so it was a fun, fun uh, college football season, a regular season. So now we'll get the, the championship games this Saturday, which are fun or this weekend. And then uh, we'll get some, some bowl games that, eh, you know, in between watching Santa Claus and Hallmark movies. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on some of those scores. A little Christmas then, well, with the Cranks. Watched oh, like, that on Friday night, by the way. A great one. I like the For crank. the first time, I watched it. Very good. For the, for the first time? First time. Oh, that's in the rotation. I, I try to watch that. I mean, I watch it every year, but at least every other year. It's, it's in the, the rotation for me rotation. now. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. Tim Allen, King oh, of Christmas. He delivers every time. Yeah. That's absolutely. Um, well, we'll do our Christmas special in a couple weeks as well. So stay, stay tuned for that. But thanks, everybody, listening today. Henry, great job. Uh, appreciate you. I uh, hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And it's, I, I saw something earlier. You know, the Monday after Thanksgiving, it's got to be one of the worst days of the year. Like, we had fun today doing the show, and there's plenty to talk about from a football standpoint. But it's always hard. To, you're, you're in holiday mode for like a few days, and it's such a tease. And then you got to ramp it back up. You're back to work, back to school on that Monday. And now we're still a few weeks away from Christmas. So it's, it's always that tough transition to get back in the swing. So I'm with you. I feel your pain today. Um, but thankfully, we got so much going on in, in sports that uh, keeps, us, keeps us going. So, so that's, that's always fun. But, uh, but a fun weekend at the Johnson household. I uh, had a lot of fun with my, uh, my daughters and wife and extended family. And uh, so, so glad to be back at it today for sure. But thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Sugar Creek Coffee. Check out SugarCreekCoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. When you order your coffee uh, and enjoy that this holiday season for sure. And uh, also thanks to MediShare. We appreciate their support as well. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that's true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. As we talked about earlier, the Jags, the Chargers, they decided to go for it. Go for two. I encourage us to go for it in life, too. When God says go for it, go for it with boldness and confidence and faith in him to be obedient and faithful to him um, and what he's calling us to do and asking us to do. Let's go for it. Let's, uh, let's take those, those faithful risks and those faith-filled uh, steps forward in life. So I encourage all of us in that today. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. 
For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.